for our message today, uh, we are going to begin with a question. So when you think of Jesus, what is the key picture that comes to mind for you? For all of us, when we think about Jesus, there's generally a key picture that we think of, one image or one scene that we think of that represents Jesus' life. Probably for a lot of us, the first place that we would go to is the cross, and we would think of Jesus on the cross appropriately, and we'll spend some more time reflecting around the communion table on that in a few minutes. Some of us might think of Jesus as a shepherd, recognising that Jesus cares for us, and that Jesus looks after us and looks out for us, and that when we get lost, Jesus comes and finds us. Some of us might think of Jesus talking to people, so whether that's talking to crowds of people or whether that's just having one-on-one conversations with people, helping them to understand why he came and helping them to understand what life is supposed to be all about. Some of us, our image might be about Jesus spending time with his disciples and whether that's him eating with his disciples or again teaching them and helping them to understand what he was all about and what their role was, that might be one of the images that we have. And it's interesting to think about whether any of those images then shape our default understanding about everything, about who Jesus is, about why Jesus came and about what Jesus' key focus was all about. Today we are going to look at one of the snapshots that I would argue is one of the defining pictures of what Jesus is all about. It helps us to understand what Jesus came to do and it also helps us to understand what it means to be able to follow him. And so as we go through today's message, I want you to actually put yourself into the scene. We're going to take this fairly slowly as we just unpack uh, the scene that unfolds. And I want you to take the time to actually imagine that you're there. Put yourself into the shoes of the different characters as we go through. Imagine the sights, imagine the things that you're hearing. But most importantly, take some time to imagine what those people must have been feeling as we go through this bit by bit. If it's helpful for you too, as we go through each snapshot, feel free to close your eyes and really imagine what it must have been like to be there. This scene occurs at a key time in the life of Jesus with his disciples. Uh, This is at a key part of the book of John where Jesus spends an extended amount of time with his disciples on the night before uh, he goes to the cross. And he spends a lot of time unpacking with them about what he came to do, about what's about to happen, and most importantly, helping them to have a sense of security in how much he loves them, but also a sense of peace about what's going to unfold, that even in the midst of all the turmoil, things are going to be okay. So we're going to read from John chapter 13, verse 1. And as I said, try and imagine yourself in there as we go through this. Just before the Passover feast, Jesus knew that the time had come to leave this world to go to the Father. Having loved his dear companions, he continued to love them right to the end. It was supper time. The devil by now had Judas, son of Simon the Iscariot, firmly in his grip, all set for the betrayal. Jesus knew that the Father had put him in complete charge of everything, that he came from God and that he was on his way back to God. So it's interesting to think about Jesus' mindset in this moment, to recognise that Jesus knew who he was. Jesus knew that the Father had put him in complete charge of everything. Just get your head around that a little bit. That he came from God and that he was on his way back to God. Jesus is very aware and conscious of all of those things. Jesus also knows what's about to happen with Judas. 
And we'll unpack that a little bit more as we go because it is quite remarkable how Jesus treats Judas knowing what he knows. So if you were Jesus and you knew that God had given you complete control over everything, if you knew that you had come from God, that you were God yourself in human form and that you were shortly going to go back and spend time with the Father and the Spirit as you had through all of eternity, what would you be thinking? What would your mindset be in this moment? How would you respond to the things that are happening around you? What would you want to say to the disciples? What would you want to show them to help them to understand about what's about to unfold? And in particular, again, what would you want to say to Judas? Do you want to kind of rip into him a little bit and say, are you kidding me? Like, after all this time that we've spent together, don't you know who I am and what I'm about to do, what I'm trying to do here? Like, really? Would you use a show of strength and power that you are God, so you're going to show just how powerful and strong you are? What would you do if you were in Jesus' shoes and you knew what we understand that Jesus knew? It's important to think that through because what comes next is then completely staggering based on recognising where Jesus' mindset was. So Jesus got up from the supper table, set aside his robe and put on an apron. Then he poured water into a basin and began to wash the feet of the disciples, drying them with his apron. Now, important context here, in the Middle East, this was very common hospitality. So in the Middle East, you would get up in the morning and you would bathe yourself, you would cleanse yourself and clean yourself so you were ready for the day. But then you would spend the day walking around on hot, dusty roads and so your feet would get all sweaty and so they'd be all yucky and they'd pick up dirt and then obviously there's animals around and so you'd probably pick up a bit of that stuff as well. So if you went over to someone's house for dinner, it was common hospitality that a servant would meet you at the door and would wash your feet to wash all of that dirt and gunk off. And to be able to say, well, you're clean because you bathed this morning, but we just need to get rid of this so that you can come in and participate fully in the meal that we're about to have. Now, this role was reserved for one of the lower servants. You wouldn't have one of the higher servants who would do this, and you certainly would not have someone who was a part of the family who would greet you at the door and wash your feet. That would never, ever happen. That's why this is so shocking, because Jesus is the one who ends up doing that. How would you have responded if you were one of the disciples and you see Jesus get up from the table, take off his robe, put on an apron, pour some water into a bowl and grab a towel and come and kneel at your feet? How would you respond if Jesus did that? What sorts of things would you be thinking? Some of us would probably be thinking, I guess I probably should have done that so that Jesus didn't. I should have thought of that. I can't believe that I didn't think of that. (laughs) Why didn't someone else do this? A lot of us would think there's no way that Jesus should be doing this. This is completely below him. Like that's not an appropriate thing for Jesus to be doing at all. Family members shouldn't do it, let alone who Jesus is. Well, Peter, as he so often does, sums up beautifully what I'm sure a lot of us would probably be thinking. When Jesus got to Simon Peter, Peter said, Master, you wash my feet? He's staggered by this. Now, it's possible that Peter just had very ticklish feet. I have very ticklish feet and I don't like people touching my feet. So maybe that was part of it. He's like, no, 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 don't touch my feet, Jesus. But we do recognise that probably there's a lot more going on here. That Peter in particular is voicing what all of the disciples would have been thinking. 
You, Jesus, wash my feet? That's completely inappropriate. I'm not worthy of you doing that for me. There's no way that you should be able to do that. Jesus responds and says, you don't understand now what I'm doing, but it will be clear enough to you later. Peter persisted, you're not going to wash my feet ever. And Jesus said, if I don't wash you, you can't be a part of what I'm doing. Master, said Peter, not only my feet then, wash my hands and wash my head. So Jesus said, no, if you want to be a part of the work that I'm doing, if you want to continue to stay connected to me, then this is something that needs to happen. And Peter, as he does so often, swings from one extreme to the next and says, oh, well, if that's the case, then tip the water over my head. Like, wash every single part of me. Don't just wash my feet. I absolutely want to be a part of what it is you're doing. I'm all in. And Jesus then replies to him and says, if you've had a bath in the morning, then you only need your feet washed now and you're clean from head to toe. My concern, you understand, is holiness, not hygiene. So Jesus says, no, no, if you've had a bath in the morning, then you're all clean and it's all good. You just need to have your feet washed and then you're back to being completely clean. But Jesus points out that what he's really trying to say here is not about hygiene, it's about holiness, it's about what it means to be set apart. And this is a beautiful illustration of the two things that Jesus does for us that cleanse us. That when we choose to accept Jesus and all that he's done for us, we recognise that everything that we've done wrong, everything we're going to do wrong, all of the mistakes that we make, all of the selfish things that we do, all of that is done with. We're forgiven. We're cleansed from that. That's why baptism is such a beautiful symbol for us. Because we say, once and for all, we're symbolically demonstrating the reality that everything has been cleansed. Everything has been clean. You are forgiven. It's done and dealt with. But we also recognise that as we go through daily life, we kind of tend to pick up a bit of dirt on our feet. We just kind of make our way through life and we make more mistakes and we do more selfish things and sometimes it is very helpful for us to come back to Jesus and to experience him cleansing us again. That's why we talk about the idea of confession and forgiveness. We talked about this a couple of weeks ago, that confession is simply agreeing with God. So confession is saying, yep, actually, there's a bit of dirt on my feet and that needs to be dealt with. Forgiveness is being able to leave that behind. And so those practices are things that we should do on a regular basis to come back to Jesus and to say, yes, I've messed up. I know that I'm not living the way that you want me to live, so cleanse my feet, wash my feet, set me back right again. Now, we don't pretend that anything's changed. Our status before God has been fixed because of what Jesus has done for us. But it's a helpful reminder for us on a regular basis to agree with God about those times that we messed up and then to let those things go. So Jesus then says, so now you're clean, but not every one of you. He knew who was betraying him, and that's why he said, not every one of you. Here's where we really understand just how staggering it is what Jesus does. Because there's nothing in this narrative that says that Jesus washed all of the disciples' feet except for Judas. So think about what that must have been like. Jesus knows that Judas is about to betray him and yet he still chooses to kneel down in front of him 
and to wash his feet. How would you have been feeling if you were Jesus in that moment? How would you have been feeling if you were Judas in that moment, knowing what you're about to do and yet allowing Jesus to wash your feet? It's staggering to recognise that Jesus is willing to do this, to wash the feet even of someone who's about to betray him. And we know a few moments later that Jesus also allows Judas to participate in communion, that Jesus again doesn't exclude him from being able to be a part of the feast that they have together and the symbolism that's attached to that. It's a great reminder that Jesus doesn't exclude people Regardless of what we've done, what we are doing, Jesus includes us, welcomes us to the table, even when he knows those places where we haven't quite got things right. So after Jesus had finished washing their feet, he took his robe, put it back on, and went back to his place at the table. Then he said, do you understand what I've done to you? You address me as teacher and master, and rightly so, because that's what I am. So if I, the master and teacher, have washed your feet, you must now wash each other's feet. I've laid down a pattern for you. What I've done, you do. I'm only pointing out the obvious. A servant is not ranked above his master. An employee doesn't give orders to the employer. If you understand what I'm telling you, then act like it and live a blessed life. Jesus says, remember who I am that I am the teacher, I'm the master, I'm the Messiah, I'm the one who's come to set things right. But also understand that this is what I'm like, that I'm here to serve, to put other people ahead of me, to care for the needs of others, to focus my life on others-centred love. That's who I am and that's why I came. So if you want to follow me, then pick up your bowl, pick up your towel, and actually follow me. When we talk about the idea of following Jesus, sometimes we can forget that it's not just about following Jesus' teaching, but it's about following the very example that Jesus sets. The translation we're using says, follow Jesus' pattern that he's set up for us. And Jesus says, if you've understood what I said, which means not just you've heard it or you know it, but you've actually processed it and you understand it, then act like it. Put it into action. Don't just say, yes, that's a nice idea. It should flow out in the way that we act. So, here we are on the first Sunday of 2021. And I think it's helpful to be able to recognise that no matter what's ahead of us this year, we have got a clean start. We have got a fresh start for this year. First of all, we can recognise that Jesus has washed us clean, that we have been made holy, which means that we've been set apart for Jesus' purposes. That is something that is true and has been done for us. Now, that's something that's true for us every single day that we can celebrate and that we can recognise. But I think as we begin a new year, it's always good to remember that all of the stuff from last year is behind us. Jesus has dealt with all of the mistakes that we made last year, all of the things that we got wrong, all of the regrets that we've got about last year. All of that stuff has been dealt with. But also, as we look forward, we've got the opportunity to say we've got a fresh start ahead of us there too. 
It is super hard to do any planning about this year, and as someone who is a planner and a goal setter and a strategist, it drives me insane. Normally this time of year, I'd have some very clear ideas about what we're doing and what I'm doing and where we're going. None of that is very clear at all right now because who knows where this year is going to take us. But even though we can't make some of those decisions like we normally would, we can still make decisions about who we are and we can still make decisions about how we want to be whatever this year brings. We can make decisions about who we are and about how we want to be. And that can all be summed up simply by saying, whatever this year brings, we can choose to serve like Jesus. No matter what comes our way, no matter what things we can or can't achieve, our mindset can be to serve like Jesus. Practically speaking, that means that we can stop long enough to think about the needs of others. To say, regardless of what this year brings, we can make it a higher priority to stop long enough to say, what's happening for this person who's in front of me? In this conversation, in this situation that I'm in, what's going on for that person? What does it look like to put myself in their shoes and to say, what do they need right now? That's serving like Jesus. It means that we can choose to enter into this year saying that we're going to give up our rights, we're going to give up our privileges, we're going to give up our power, we're going to give up the things that we feel like we might be entitled to and choose to serve. Because we think again about what Jesus had and he was willing to give all of that up for us to be able to serve So I feel very challenged about that, to say, as I head into this year, what are the things that I'm kind of feeling a bit entitled about, or the things that maybe I think are my rights and privileges that I should be able to hold on to? And where am I being challenged to say, I need to let go of those things and adopt the posture of a servant? What does it look like to choose to forgive other people? One version of what foot washing looks like is to actually be able to allow people to make mistakes and to release them from those things and to say, I forgive you for that thing that you messed up. But it's also about us being willing to say, I messed up. Will you forgive me for the things that I've done wrong? At the end of the day, it's just about focusing on others-centred love, which we believe is the core of what God is about, what Jesus came to show us, and what Jesus models for us. So I want to give us a couple of moments just to be able to reflect on that. And this is something that I would encourage you maybe to spend some more time reflecting on as you're heading to this week, just to think, what does it look like this year for me to serve? And particularly to say, who and how does Jesus want me to serve this year? Who does Jesus want me to serve? And how does Jesus want me to serve As I think about the people that are in my sphere of influence, whether that's the people who are a part of my family or my household, as I think about my close friends, as I think about my neighbours, as I think about my workplace, as I think about the places where I volunteer, including the things that we do as a church family, are there specific people that come to mind where God's challenging you to say, what does it look like to serve them this year? But regardless, what does it look like to just adopt the mindset of a servant day after day after day as we make our way through this year. So I want to give you a couple of minutes and feel free to chat to the people that are next to you or spend some time reflecting silently. And as I said, I encourage you to continue reflecting on that as we head into this week. Take some time to reflect and then we'll pray and transition into communion.
Let's pray. Jesus, thank you that you come not just to be a teacher who comes to share a bunch of information with us that might be really, really sound teaching, but that at the end of the day doesn't look like anything practical, but that you come to show us what it looks like to live the way that we're created to live. And never ceases to amaze me to think about you, given who you are, given everything that you were capable of, given that you were there when creation happened, that you were there existing outside of eternity, that you have the power of being able to raise people from the dead, that you're willing to humble yourself, to kneel down, to pick up a bowl and a towel and to choose to serve. And we thank you that you were willing to do that even with people who didn't necessarily get it. It's amazing to think about you kneeling at the feet of Judas, knowing what was about to happen and yet still choosing to serve. We feel challenged and inspired about what it looks like to be able to follow you as we do that. And so as we begin this new year, thank you that you have cleansed us, that you have cleaned us, that we do get a fresh start as we begin a new year. That the things that have happened in the past, the things that have happened in this past year in particular, we can let go of those things. We can recognise that you have forgiven us for all of that and we are set free to be able to live the way that you want to as we move forward into a new year. And even in the uncertainty that's in front of us about what 2021 looks like, with all of the unknowns, thank you that you give us a model to be able to follow, that regardless of where things go, we can choose to adopt that model of being servants, of choosing to serve the people that we interact with on a daily basis. And so I pray that as we head into this week and as we head into this year, that you would help us to keep those things in front of us, that you would help us to adopt the model that you set for us and to serve those that you put in our care. In your name we pray. Amen.